tomlinsoniana part two of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain tomlinsoniana part two ten characters one the mild irresolute good-natured and indolent man these qualities are accompanied with good feelings but no principles the want of firmness evinces also the want of any peculiar or deeply rooted system of thought a man conning a single and favourite subject of meditation grows wedded to one or the other of the opinions on which he revolves a man universally irresolute has generally led a desultory life and never given his attention long together to one thing this is a man most easy to cheat my beloved friends you cheat him even with his eyes open indolence is dearer to him than all things and if you get him alone and put a question to him point-blank he cannot answer no two the timid suspicious selfish and cold man generally a character of this description is an excellent man of business and would at first sight seem to baffle the most ingenious swindler but you have one hope i have rarely found it deceive me this man is usually ostentatious a cold a fearful yet a worldly person has ever an eye upon others he notes the effect certain things produce on them he is anxious to learn their opinions that he may not transgress he likes to know what the world say of him nay his timidity makes him anxious to repose his selfishness on their good report hence he grows ostentatious likes that effect which is favourably talked of and that show which wins consideration at him on this point my pupils three the melancholy retired sensitive intellectual character a very good subject this for your knaveries my young friends though it requires great discrimination and delicacy this character has a considerable portion of morbid suspicion and irritation belonging to it against these you must guard at the same time its prevailing feature is a powerful but unacknowledged vanity it is generally a good opinion of himself and a feeling that he is not appreciated by others that make a man reserved he deems himself unfit for the world because of the delicacy of his temperament and the want of a correspondent insensibility in those he sees this is your handle to work on he is peculiarly flattered too on the score of devotion and affection he exacts in love as from the world too much he is a lara whose females must be medoras and even his male friends should be extremely like calids poor man you see how easily he can be duped memorandum among persons of this character are usually found those oddities humours and peculiarities which are each a handle no man lives out of the world with impunity to the solidity of his own character every new outlet to the humour is a new inlet to the heart 
four the bold generous frank and affectionate man usually a person of robust health his constitution keeps him in spirits and his spirits in courage and in benevolence he is obviously not a hard character my good young friends for you to deceive for he wants suspicion and all his good qualities lay him open to you but beware his anger when he finds you out he is a terrible othello when his nature is once stung memorandum a good sort of character to seduce into illegal practices makes a tolerable traitor or a capital smuggler you yourselves must never commit any illegal offence aren't there cat's paws for the chestnuts as all laws are oppressions only necessary and often sacred oppressions which you need not explain to him and his character is especially hostile to oppression you easily seduce the person we describe into braving the laws of his country yes the bold generous frank and affectionate man has only to be born in humble life to be sure of a halter five the bold selfish close grasping man will in all probability cheat you my dear friends for such a character makes the master rogue the stuff from which nature forms a richard the third you had better leave such a man quite alone he is bad even to serve he breaks up his tools when he has done with them no you can do nothing with him my good young men six the eating drinking unthoughtful sensual mechanical man the ordinary animal such a creature has cunning and is either cowardly or ferocious seldom in these qualities he preserves a medium he is not by any means easy to dupe nature defends her mental brutes by the thickness of their hide when his mistress if possible she is the best person to manage him such creatures are the natural prey of artful women their very stolidity covers all but sensuality to the samson the delilah seven the gay deceitful shrewd polished able man the courtier the man of the world in public and stirring life this is the fit antagonist often the successful and conquering rival of character five you perceive a man like this very so greatly in intellect from the mere butterfly talent to the rarest genius from the person you see at cards to the person you see in cabinets from the blank to the chesterfield from the chesterfield to the pericles that it is difficult to give you an exact notion of the weak points of a character so various but while he dupes his equals and his superiors i consider him my attentive pupils by no means a very difficult character for an inferior to dupe and in this manner you must go about it do not attempt hypocrisy he will see through it in an instant let him think you at once and at first sight a rogue be candid on that matter yourself but let him think you a useful rogue serve him well and zealously but own that you do so because you consider your interest involved in this this reasoning satisfies him and his men of this character are usually generous he will acknowledge its justice by throwing you plenty of sops and stimulating you with bountiful cordials should he not content you herein appear contented and profit in betraying him that is the best way to cheat him not by his failings but by opportunity 
watch not his character but your time eight the vain arrogant brave amorous flashy character this sort of character we formerly attributed to the french and it is still more common to the continent than that beloved island which i shall see no more a creature of this description is made up of many false virtues above others it is always profuse where its selfishness is appealed to not otherwise you must find then what pleases it and pander to its tastes so will ye cheat it or ye will cheat it also by affecting the false virtues which it admires itself rouge your sentiments highly and let them strut with a buskin there thirdly my good young men ye will cheat it by profuse flattery and by calling it in especial the mirror of chivalry nine the plain sensible honest man a favourable but not elevated specimen of our race this character my beloved pupils you may take in once but never twice nor can you take in such a man as a stranger he must be your friend or relation and have known intimately some part of your family a man of this character is always open though in a moderate and calm degree to the duties and ties of life he will always do something to serve his friend his brother or the man whose father pulled his father out of the serpentine affect with him no varnish exert no artifice in attempting to obtain his assistance candidly state your wish for such or such a service sensibly state your pretensions modestly hint at your gratitude so may you deceive him once then leave him alone for ever ten the fond silly credulous man all impulse and no reflection how my heart swells when i contemplate this excellent character what a canaan for you does it present i envy you launching into the world with the sanguine hope of finding all men such delightful enthusiasm of youth would that the hope could be realized here is the very incarnation of gullibility you have only to make him love you and no hedgehog ever sucked egg as you can suck him never be afraid of his indignation go to him again and again only throw yourself on his neck and weep to gull him once is to gull him always get his first shilling and then calculate what you will do with the rest of his fortune never desert so good a man for new friends that would be ungrateful in you and take with you by the way my good young gentleman this concluding maxim men are like lands you will get more by lavishing all your labour again and again upon the easy than by ploughing up new ground in the sterile legislators wise good pious men the tom-thumbs of moral science who make giants first and then kill them you think the above lessons villainous i honour your penetration they are not proofs of my villainy but of your folly look over them again and you will see that they are designed to show that while ye are imprisoning transporting and hanging thousands every day a man with a decent modicum of cunning might practise every one of those lessons which seem to you so heinous and not one of your laws could touch him bracologia or essays critical sentimental moral and original addressed to his pupils by augustus tomlinson the irony in the preceding essays is often lost sight of in the present the illness of this great man which happened while composing these little gems made him perhaps more in earnest than when in robust health editor's note on the morality taught by the rich to the poor 
as soon as the urchin pauper can totter out of doors it is taught to pull off its hat and pull its hair to the quality a good little boy says the squire there's a halfpenny for you the good little boy glows with pride that halfpenny instils deep the lesson of humility now goes our urchin to school then comes the sunday teaching before church which enjoins the poor to be lowly and to honour every man better off than themselves a pound of honour to the squire and an ounce to the beadle then the boy grows up and the lord of the manor instructs him thus be a good boy tom and i'll befriend you tread in the steps of your father he was an excellent man and a great loss to the parish he was a very civil hard-working well-behaved creature knew his station mind and do like him so perpetual hard labour and plenty of cringing make the ancestral virtues to be perpetuated to peasants till the day of judgment another insidious distillation of morality is conveyed through a general praise of the poor you hear false friends of the people who call themselves liberals and tories who have an idea of morals half chivalric half pastoral agree in lauding the unfortunate creatures whom they keep at work for them but mark the virtues the poor are always to be praised for industry honesty and content the first virtue is extolled to the skies because industry gives the rich everything they have the second because honesty prevents an iota of the said everything being taken away again and the third because content is to hinder these poor devils from ever objecting to a lot so comfortable to the persons who profit by it this my pupils is the morality taught by the rich to the poor emulation the great error of emulation is this we emulate effects without inquiring into causes when we read of the great actions of a man we are on fire to perform the same exploits without endeavouring to ascertain the precise qualities which enabled the man we imitate to commit the actions we admire could we discover these how often might we discover that their origin was a certain temper of body a certain peculiarity of constitution and that wish we for the same success we should be examining the nature of our bodies rather than sharpening the faculties of our minds should use dumbbells perhaps instead of books nay on the other hand contract some grievous complaint rather than perfect our moral salubrity who should say whether alexander would have been a hero had his neck been straight or boileau a satirist had he never been pecked by a turkey it would be pleasant to see you my beloved pupils after reading quintus courteous twisting each other's throat or fresh from boileau hurrying to the poultry-yard in the hope of being mutilated into the performance of a second lutrin caution against the scoffers of humbug my beloved pupils there is a set of persons in the world daily increasing against whom you must be greatly on your guard there is a fascination about them they are people who declare themselves vehemently opposed to humbug fine liberal fellows clear-sighted yet frank when these sentiments arise from reflection well and good they are the best sentiments in the world but many take them up second-hand they are very inviting to the indolence of the mob of gentlemen who see the romance of a noble principle not its utility when a man looks at everything through this dwarfing philosophy everything has a great modicum of humbug you laugh with him when he derides the humbug in religion the humbug in politics the humbug in love the humbug in the plausibilities of the world but you may cry my dear pupils when he 
derides what is often the safest of all practically to deride the humbug in common honesty men are honest from religion wisdom prejudice habit fear and stupidity but the few only are wise and the persons we speak of deride religion are beyond prejudice unawed by habit too indifferent for fear and too experienced for stupidity popular wrath at individual imprudence you must know my dear young friends that while the appearance of magnanimity is very becoming to you and so forth it will get you a great deal of ill-will if you attempt to practise it to your own detriment your neighbours are so invariably though perhaps insensibly actuated by self-interest self-interest mr tomlinson is wrong here but his ethics were too much narrowed to utilitarian principles editor is so entirely though every twaddler denies it the axis of the moral world that they fly into a rage with him who seems to disregard it when a man ruins himself just here the abuse he receives his neighbours take it as a personal affront doom defluat omnis one main reason why men who have been great are disappointed when they retire to private life is this memory makes a chief source of enjoyment to those who cease eagerly to hope but the memory of the great recalls only that public life which has disgusted them their private life hath slipped insensibly away leaving faint traces of the sorrow or the joy which found them too busy to heed the simple and quiet impressions of mere domestic vicissitude self-glorifiers providence seems to have done to a certain set of persons who always view their own things through a magnifying medium deem their house the best in the world their gun the truest their very pointer a miracle as colonel hanger suggested to economists to do namely provide their servants each with a pair of large spectacles so that a lark might appear as big as a fowl and a twopenny loaf as large as a quartern thought on fortune it is often the easiest move that completes the game fortune is like the lady whom a lover carried off from all his rivals by putting an additional lace upon his liveries wit and truth people may talk about fiction being the source of fancy and wit being at variance with truth now some of the wittiest things in the world are witty solely from their truth truth is the soul of a good saying you assert observes the socrates of modern times that we have a virtual representation very well let us have a virtual taxation too here the wit is in the fidelity of the sequitur when columbus broke the egg where was the wit in the completeness of conviction in the broken egg autotheology not only every sect but every individual modifies the general attributes of the deity towards assimilation with his own character the just man dwells on the justice the stern upon the wrath the attributes that do not please the worshipper he insensibly forgets wherefore o oh my pupils you will not smile when you read in barnes that the pygmies declared jove himself was a pygmy the pious vanity of man makes him adore his own qualities under the pretence of worshipping those of his god glorious constitution a sentence is sometimes as good as a volume 
if a man ask you to give him some idea of the laws of england the answer is short and easy in the laws of england there are somewhere about one hundred and fifty laws by which a poor man may be hanged but not one by which he can obtain justice for nothing answer to the popular cant that goodness in a statesman is better than ability as in the world we must look to actions not motives so a knave is the man who injures you and you do not inquire whether the injury be the fruit of malice or necessity place then a fool in power and he becomes unconsciously the knave mr addington stumbled on the two very worst and most villainous taxes human malice could have invented one on medicines the other on justice what tyrants fearful ingenuity could afflict us more than by impeding at once redress for our wrongs and cure for our diseases mr addington was the fool in say and therefore the knave in office but bless you he never meant it common sense common sense common sense of all phrases all catchwords this is often the most deceitful and the most dangerous look in especial suspiciously upon common sense whenever it is opposed to discovery common sense is the experience of every day discovery is something against the experience of every day no wonder then that when galileo proclaimed the great truth the universal cry was pshaw common sense will tell you the reverse talk to a sensible man for the first time on the theory of vision and hear what his common sense will say to it in a letter in the time of bacon the writer of no mean intellect himself says it is a pity the chancellor should set his opinion against the experience of so many centuries and the dictates of common sense common sense then so useful in household matters is less useful in the legislative and in the scientific world than it has been generally deemed naturally the advocate for what has been tried and averse to what is speculative it opposes the new philosophy that appeals to reason and clings to the old which is propped by sanction love and writers on love my warm hot-headed ardent young friends ye are in the flower of your life and writing verses about love let us say a word on the subject there are two species of love common to all men and to most animals most animals for some appear insensible to the love of custom one springs from the senses the other grows out of custom now neither of these my dear young friends is the love that you pretend to feel the love of lovers your passion having only its foundation and that unacknowledged in the senses owes everything else to the imagination now the imagination of the majority is different in complexion and degree in every country and in every age so also and consequently is the love of the imagination as a proof observe that you sympathize with the romantic love of other times or nations only in proportion as you sympathize with their poetry and imaginative literature the love which stalks through the arcadia or amadis of gaul is to the great bulk of readers coldly insipid or solemnly ridiculous alas when those works excited enthusiasm so did the love which they describe the long speeches the icy compliments express the feeling of the day the love madrigals of the time of shenstone or the brocade gallantries of the french poets in the last century any woman now would consider hollow 
or childish imbecile or artificial once the songs were natural and the love seductive and now my young friends in the year eighteen twenty two in which i write and shall probably die the love which glitters through moor and walks so ambitiously ambiguous through the verse of byron the love which you consider now so deep and so true the love which tingles through the hearts of your young ladies and sets you young gentlemen gazing on the evening star all that love too will become unfamiliar or ridiculous to an after age and the young aspirings and the moonlight dreams and the vague fiddle-dee-dees which ye now think so touching and so sublime will go my dear boys where cowley's mistress and waller's saccharissa have gone before go with the sapphos and the chloes the elegant charming fairs and the chivalric most beauteous princesses the only love poetry that stands through all time and appeals to all hearts is that which is founded on either or both the species of love natural to all men the love of the senses and the love of custom in the latter is included what middle-aged men call the rational attachment the charm of congenial minds as well as the homely and warmer accumulation of little memories of simple kindness or the mere brute habitude of seeing a face as one would see a chair these sometimes singly sometimes skilfully blended make the theme of those who have perhaps loved the most honestly and the most humanly these yet render tibullus pathetic and ovid a master over tender affections and these above all make that irresistible and all-touching inspiration which subdues the romantic the calculating the old the young the courtier the peasant the poet the man of business in the glorious love poetry of robert burns the great entailed the great inheritance of man is a commonwealth of blunders one race spend their lives in botching the errors transmitted to them by another and the main cause of all political that is all the worst and most general blunders is this the same rule we apply to individual cases we will not apply to public all men consent that swindling for a horse is swindling they punish the culprit and condemn the fault but in a state there is no such unanimity swindling lord help you is called by some fine name and cheating grows grandiloquent and styles itself policy in consequence of this there is always a battle between those who call things by their right names and those who pertinaciously give them the wrong ones hence all sorts of confusion this confusion extends very soon to the laws made for individual cases and thus in old states though the world is still agreed that private swindling is private swindling there is the devil's own difficulty in punishing the swindling of the public the art of swindling now is a different thing to the art of swindling a hundred years ago but the laws remain the same adaptation in private cases is innovation in public so without repealing old laws they make new sometimes these are effectual but more often not now my beloved pupils a law is a gun which if it misses a pigeon always kills a crow if it does not strike the guilty it hits someone else as every crime creates a law so in turn every law creates a crime and hence we go on multiplying sins and evils and faults and blunders till society becomes the organized disorder for picking pockets the regeneration of a knave a man who begins the world by being a fool 
often ends it by becoming a knave but he who begins as a knave if he be a rich man and so not hanged may end my beloved pupils in being a pious creature and this is the wherefore a knave early soon gets knowledge of the world one vice worn out makes us wiser than fifty tutors but wisdom causes us to love quiet and in quiet we do not sin he who is wise and sins not can scarcely fail of doing good for let him but utter a new truth and even his imagination cannot conceive the limit of the good he may have done to man style do you well understand what a wonderful thing style is i think not for in the exercises you sent me your styles betrayed that no very earnest consideration had been lavished upon them know then that you must pause well before you take up any model of style on your style often depends your own character almost always the character given you by the world if you adopt a lofty style if you string together noble phrases and swelling sonora you have expressed avowed a frame of mind which you will insensibly desire to act up to the desire gradually begets the capacity the life of dr parr is dr parr's style put in action and lord byron makes himself through existence unhappy for having accidentally slipped into a melancholy current of words but suppose you escape this calamity by a peculiar hardihood of temperament you escape not the stamp of popular opinion addison must ever be held by the vulgar the most amiable of men because of the social amenity of his diction and the admirers of language will always consider burke a nobler spirit than fox because of the grandeur of his sentences how many wise sayings have been called jests because they were wittily uttered how many nothings swell their author into a sage ay a saint because they were strung together by the old hypocrite nun gravity the end end of tom linsoniana part two end of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton